It's time for the only in Cartersville Bartow podcast, brought to you by the Destination Marketing Organization for the city of Cartersville and Bartow County, only in Cartersville Bartow Tourism. This podcast is where you'll learn what's going on in and around Cartersville and Bartow County. Cartersville, Georgia is an all-American city that truly is the embodiment of small-town Southern charm with some sophisticated surprises. On today's show, we're going back to school. So grab your backpacks and pencils and let's meet some of the people who make our schools great. But first, as we exit off I-75 and head west, across the street from the Clarence Brown Conference Center is the Georgia Highlands College campus. This is our first stop. Uh, Mike Hobbs, I'm the president of Georgia Highlands. Uh, It's been just a little over a year uh, that I moved here from Birmingham. I was working for University of Alabama, Birmingham, and then later on at Jefferson State Community College and applied for my first president's position here at Georgia Highlands, came over, met the community, met the students, our people, and just fell in love with the place. And I've had the most amazing year of my life this last year. What a community we have. A lot of people probably aren't aware of Georgia Highlands College. What is something unique about the school that people may not know about? Right. And I think that's a great lead into. So we're part of the University System of Georgia. Uh, There's 26 colleges in the University System of Georgia, which, of course, include UGA and Georgia Tech, Georgia State, UGA, Georgia Tech and Augusta Medical School. And then there's another section of colleges. I like to push these two together. These are your state universities and your comprehensive schools. Those are your Valdosta States, your West Georgia's, University of North Georgia, those schools. And then there's what's called access colleges. And there's nine of them. We're considered an access college. So what that means is we do not have PhDs or MDs or JDs. Uh, We have about 35 transfer programs and approximately nine bachelor's degrees. So what's the difference between the research institutions, the state universities, and the access colleges? Well, one of the big things is the difference is the tuition fee rate. Uh, We're $95 a credit hour, which is really reasonable. You know, the state universities are much more than that, and then the research institutions are even more than that. But our mission is to produce the same talent the same outcome that they have at those universities as well. So we do that with partners in our community. Uh, Stepping Blocks, which is a organization that keeps up with your last 10,000 graduates, and 85% to 87% of our graduates are still in Northwest Georgia. So we, we really kind of fit to our community. We fit to our footprint. We watch workforce development to see what is growing, what needs resources, and then we try to fill those resources for our community. And so that's what an access college is. So so your degree is accredited by the same people that accredited at Georgia Tech and University of Georgia. You just get it with a small town home flavor. So who would make a good candidate to go to this school? You know, it can really be anybody. We have students who would like to be in smaller classrooms. Uh, for example, Our classrooms average size, I think, is around 18, where some of the big universities could be 300 in a a calculus class. But it also could be a first generation student, could be a returning adult. It could be somebody that has to work while they're in school. Uh, And it may also be someone that doesn't have the resources to pay those fees. So if you're a student who likes that individual contact, 
Did the professors know your name? Did the president knows your name? The athletic director may speak to you in the hallway. Then Georgia Highlands is that. You know, we have a little over 5,000 students. We're spread out over four counties at five instructional sites. We also have online classes. So the typical student is kind of hard to nail down. But I I would say first generation, returning adult, single parent, uh, working individual. My name is Brandon Harrell. I'm the uh, athletic director here at Georgia Highlands College. I have been at Georgia Highlands College since 2012. When we started the men's and women's basketball program in 2012, I I served as as the women's basketball coach from 2012 until this year. 2013, we we started uh, our baseball and softball program. You know, so we've been around a while. We just completed our 11th year of men's and women's basketball, and we just completed our 10th year of of our baseball and softball program. And I'm in the process of moving from women's basketball coach to full-time athletic director to really get this program more connected to our community and generate resources. And so that, you know, people hear about us and know about us and, and know about our great student athletes and all the things that they accomplish on an annual basis. So looking forward to the challenge and, and we'll see, see what lies ahead in the next year. So there's uh, men's and women's basketball, softball, and baseball. Is there any future plans for other sports coming to Georgia Highlands College? In another area, we're, we're starting some competitive league sports, soccer, volleyball, cheerleading, and cross country. And esports is, you know, is actually a competitive sport in the NJCA now. So there's an opportunity to move all of those sports into the athletic department in the near future, I believe, and and get more of our students involved in becoming student athletes and competing on the state and national level. So, you know, we're certainly looking to grow our department. We're looking to to bring in more student athletes and provide them with a you know quality experience and a great education and and that's going to be our focus, you know for the next few years. Mike, I want to go back to you on this one about esports, which was fascinating. How did this all come about? At my previous institution, we started esports there as well, and what was so amazing about it, the first competition we had, we set it up in a room that held about thirty five chairs. And our very first competition against the University of Montevallo, we had to open up two additional rooms because of the people that come out to watch them play. It's one of the most highly crowd attended sports that I've seen at the college area, at the community college level and the access college level. Students just love to watch each other. And there's a student at one of our local high schools that has 1.6 million followers because he's a gamer. And he's really good at one of the sports. And uh, I think he had even has advertising money that he's making and why he's still in high school. So there's a lot of people that watch those games. And let me tell you, they come marching in with matching bat bags and matching golf shirts. And they take the competitiveness of it seriously. So it's, uh, it's definitely growing. And think about this, too. Most of professions... It's a hand-eye coordination. If you have laser surgery or if you're driving a a tank or even flying an airplane, it's very, very similar to those video games. And surgery nowadays, a lot of surgeries, it looks, it's one or two removed from playing a video game. You know, as a college, we, we recognize that as well. 
And so I think we're, we're going to try to put additional money into it. We're working with a local high school to build a stadium, uh, an indoor stadium solely for esports. And then we're also going to teach some of our computer science courses in that same stadium. Hey, Mike, what's something else about Georgia Highlands College? Maybe some of the programs you offer that people may not know about. You know, anybody tell you, I can run down a whole list of them. Uh, we have had a great year. A couple things have happened uh, due to our proximity to the Alabama state line in Rome. Now, Georgia Highlands can offer in-state tuition to any student in the state of Alabama. Uh, we need them to come here, become educated and get in our workforce development. We need workers. And so we're going to start recruiting in Alabama as well. Another thing, one of my favorite things to discuss is our new partnership with Atrium Healthcare. Atrium Healthcare is one of our largest employers. And so recently we've been the benefactor of a $7 million gift for our nursing students. So nursing students will be able to attend Georgia Highlands for the two-year nursing degree or the bachelor's degree and all expenses will be paid, tuition, fees, books, supplies, uniforms, everything will be paid. And then at the end of when they graduate, they will have a two-year commitment to Atrium Healthcare, or they can buy themselves out of that scholarship, the money that they receive to go to school. So basically, if you come to Georgia Highlands and you major in nursing, you will be able to pretty much get all of your expenses paid, and then you'll have a guaranteed job waiting on you when you get out of college to go in at the going rate or buy yourself out of that scholarship. So what I want to do, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, we're $95 a credit hour. That's hard to be sustainable when we have to produce at the same rate that the research institutions and the state universities. But how we do that is with partners in our local footprint. And for example, Atrium giving us that $7 million is going to allow me to go from admitting 200 nursing students to next fall, 225, to the next spring, 250, and then that following year, 275 and 300. And also, we can use some of that $7 million to pay for nursing faculty lines. And so what I want to do at Georgia Highlands is to continue to build those resources for us in our community. I think the Atrium partnership is exactly how we do that. I mentioned earlier Stepping Blocks, which takes your graduates and it tells you where your graduates are, what their degree was in, where they're working, on average what they make, and who they work for. Now, it's all aggregate data, so it doesn't have you know personal identification. Our number one employer at Georgia Highlands is Corporate Home Depot. So I, I am waiting to get into the doors at Home Depot and say, look, you're our number one employer. Why don't we take your management training program, roll it into my business program, and then when they graduate, they're just a straight feeding line to you and your talent pool. Because that's what Atrium Healthcare is doing. Atrium is giving us the money because they know it's good, but it allows us to produce more nurses, which allows them to hire more nurses and allow them to offer better talent. So I want to do that with Home Depot. Wellstar is our number two employer. You know, I want to look at all of our top employers and make and build those partnerships with them. I said earlier, too, it's important for me that our students get a degree. But you've heard lately 
that degrees aren't as important as they used to be. They want you to have hands-on training and hands-on skill. I do believe degrees are important. I like to call it the micro experience. We've got all these guys that are going into the micro experience, but eventually you're going to be 40 and 50 years old. And some of those hands-on physical labor jobs are not going to be as attractive. So what I want to do is say, hey, look, you need hands-on experience. I totally agree with that. That's why the freshman and sophomore year do not need to be lecturing. It needs to be a mix between memorization and lecturing and student and professor relationship. But also let's do collaborations, partnerships. Let's do co-ops, internships. Then that way, when they do graduate with a degree, they've and also had that hands-on training and they've had adversity in the workplace. The workplace knows who they are. They know who's in the workplace. So I think there's a, a mix between the two of the hands-on training and the straight lecture. And I think that's where Georgia Highlands can really be successful in our footprint. My job is to train talent for my footprint. I train police officers, nurses, future lawyers, future doctors, judges, basketball players, softball players that are then going to turn around and live in our community, raise their children in our community and bring more to our community. So that's my vision of Georgia Highlands, mixing the two hands-on training and degree so that the student has both to fall back on. Brandon, being the athletic director there at Georgia Highlands College, what are some exciting things coming up athletically? Well, you know, Mike mentioned that uh, that some of the most exciting news we we've had in a while. And if Mike was a coach, I would go play for him today, man. He can, <laughs> he can spill it out. Um, he mentioned our ten million dollar baseball and softball facility sitting right in the heart of Cartersville. It's going to attract so many people to our campus. We have a collegiate baseball field, a collegiate softball field, all turf, no dirt no grass, seat back seating, no sitting in the bleachers, collegiate, high level collegiate dugouts, facilities, and we're ready to, to open that up to the community and the world. And that thing's gonna stay busy year round. So there's gonna be thousands of people coming to our campus uh, just because of that facility. And we're ready to roll that out here, hopefully soon. Our baseball and softball teams, you know, they'll have a fall season, which is kind of their practice scrimmage season. And we hope to be able to get out there and kind of get our feel of the facility. But the expectations are when baseball and softball season kicks off for real in, in January, that that we're, we've got that facility up and running. And I just really believe that that's going to make a lot of people fall in love with our campus and, and uh, we're ready to welcome them. For more information about Georgia Highlands College, visit highlands.edu. Who's running the public schools in Cartersville, Bartow County? Better be on your best behavior. Don't worry, he's a nice guy. My name's Mark Fierbach and I'm the superintendent of Cartersville City Schools. The school year is starting, and what's something new that is going on that maybe was different from last year in the school district? Yeah, I think probably the, the biggest newness for us are, are just the buildings that we're moving into. Over the past two plus years, we have done some major either renovations or new additions to our, our school buildings. And so in the middle of last semester, our high school moved into a new 100,000 square foot STEM building that, that we added there uh, on their campus. And starting in two weeks, so we're moving into a brand new 
state-of-the-art primary school, which will house pre-K to third grade, and also our elementary school that will now be fourth and fifth grade. Uh, we also did a complete overhaul there this summer. And so those students will be walking into, besides the same brick on the outside and the concrete walls on the inside, everything else will be new. They're going to absolutely love that, having a whole brand new school. Is there new items they have in the school that they normally didn't have, like maybe computers or, I don't know, a popcorn machine or something like that? <laughs> I don't know about a popcorn machine, but I will say this, you know, speaking like to the elementary school, um, everything in there has, has been, you know, redone. We thankfully were able to put in new furniture a couple of years ago, so that will be the same. And it's, it's great furniture. The kids have loved it. The cafeteria, the way the floor sits uh, or the way that the layout's designed, that is new, um, new you know paint new doors new new everything basically is going in there their gyms are have been completely redone so it'll be similar to the structure uh, but everything will look different so we're excited about that we will be eventually you know adding a, a steam lab in there and, and stuff like that so we're excited their new uh, kickball area and, and playground that, that's all going to be new so elementary will be we seeing some things like that the primary school again that was a, a build from ground up and so that is going to be you know something that they've never seen before from new music classrooms to new art classrooms to new steam labs uh, and everything in between it's a it's a, a brand new cafeteria a brand new gymnasium a very big media center and so those kids will be getting you know something that they have literally never seen before not even a fresh coat of paint or not a redo paint it's it's fresh paint because it's a new building the one thing there that they will be getting used to is just the sheer size of the building. It is a large building, the new primary school is 225,000 square feet. And, you know, but what we're telling people and the reason behind that design is, you know, when we're a city system, you know, with a one high school town where everyone's a purple hurricane, you know, we really value that and we take a lot of pride in that. Well, as you grow, you have to be able to, you know, sometimes make adjustments along the way. And so um, we've built a large school, but it's kind of a school within a school design. And so pre-K, uh, our pre-K and our kindergarten, they will be on one side of the building. They'll have their own separate entrance, their own separate pickup area. And so when you see this building, you say, oh, it's a large building, but you have to look at it as a school within a school. So pre-K and K is on one side. First, second, and third grade will be on the complete opposite side. And in the middle is where they will share those common areas. They'll share a gym, they'll share a media center, they'll share a cafeteria. So definitely going to have to get used to that. But the kids, I think, from brand new furniture to brand new classrooms, uh, they're going to be really, really excited. Going back to the steam lab, I'm not really sure what that, what exactly is that? Yeah. So, you know, we, we have a STEAM initiative and a lot of systems, you know, will we'll do that, but really focusing on science, technology, engineering and math, uh, a lot of problem solving skills, a lot of project based learning. We last year embarked on the STEAM initiative. And so that A is for arts as well. And so kind of what are we doing, linking all of those things together in various kind of project based learning opportunities, K to, to 12. And so last year was our first journey on really working towards becoming becoming a system-wide STEAM system. And so we probably had about 30 to 35 teachers go through that process last year of becoming STEAM endorsed. And so we're rolling into year two uh, you know, of that. With that being said, at some of our schools, we have dedicated space, lab space, if you will, where kids go for that class and they work on, on various projects. And so last year, for example, 
I remember at a board meeting, uh, we had primary age students, like first grade, second grade students come to our board meeting and demonstrate how they were working on coding in their class. And so at the brand new school, we actually have two STEM labs that we've built. Floor is still kind of concrete based finish where, you know, furniture is on wheels. Uh, you can lock in place, you know, move around as needed. So that is uh, kind of the journey we're on right now in that area. Sounds like a pretty fancy place to go to school and get a great education. Yeah, we're, we're excited about it. And that was the hope as we built this school to really build something that, that was ahead of our times, uh, something that we can grow into, and uh, but still continue to keep that one feeder pattern, that one you know pride and, and being a purple hurricane and uh, just working your way up and through that building. When you think of, of schools, you know, you think of there's always that cafeteria smell, you know, it's a distinctive smell. I remember it to this day when I, w- when I was in school many, many years ago. What's the food like nowadays? Is it uh, still, I remember the pizza was always great, the burritos, I love those. Um, is there anything new with the food? Yeah, so it's funny you say that. I, I will, it's an opportunity to brag on our, our school nutrition. So this is my ninth year in our district. Uh, I'm sorry, going, I finished my ninth. I'm going into my 10th year in our district. So starting year 10. And when I worked in a different district, I would always hear, I mean, even 15 years ago, you would hear about how amazing the food was at Cardville City Schools. And so when I when I started working here, those rumors, if you will, were 100% accurate. They weren't rumors, they were, they were truth. And I think that even 15 years ago, we were known for our food and we had just continued to get better and better. And so, you know, I think at the high school, we did a, a renovation to our cafeteria there a few years ago, we got a brand new kitchen as well. And so just using them as an example, and I use them as an example because they're within walking distance of my office and probably once or twice a week, I walk over there and I get lunch. But, you know, you have your pizza line, you have your line that's always going to have chicken fingers and french fries. You have your you know line where it's going to be more of a, a home-cooked kind of meal. It may be a burrito you know day or taco day or barbecue, whatever it may be. There's always a sandwich and salad bar line. The salad bar is as good as any other salad bar. There's a panini press. I mean, if you want a quesadilla, if you want just a, a panini, whatever you want, it's there. And it's every day. The options are, are are endless. And then you work your way down to middle, elementary, primary. You know, again, there's always there's a, there's a variety of options. I will say this: all of our cafeterias make the best guacamole in the world. A lot of our stuff <laughs> is made from scratch, and so um, it's really, really a- impressive. And that is the one thing that I love talking about because they do such a good job. And and our job is to not just provide food to our kids. But it's to provide nutritious food to our kids and not just nutritious food, but nutritious food that's really, really good. And uh, we really try to go out of our way to do that. Now let's head south on Highway 41 and visit Cartersville High School. It's football season, by the way, so go Purple Hurricanes. I am Connor Foster, head football coach of the uh, Cartersville Purple Hurricanes. Thank you for having me today. You had a pretty darn good season last year at uh, 12 and 2. So, what's uh, the outlook for this upcoming season? Last year was a tremendous year. I think it was uh, a great year because we got the most out of our kids. And really, really thankful for that group, the legacy that they've left in our program. And uh, I think this year will be a reflection of all the progress we made last year and throughout this offseason. And, you know, for us, we compete against our standard. And there's been a lot of a lot of wins over the years. But beyond that, in our program, it's about playing the game the right way. It's about growing boys into young men that are going to be great community leaders, leaders in our schools, that are going to lead our families. And so, 
you know, for us, the success will be measured someday down the road, you know, and so we're excited about this opportunity. It's a new team. It's a lot of fun to coach every day. We got great chemistry, great culture. It's easy to come to work. They're an exciting group to work with. But again, for us, we'll see how good a job we did down the road. So who were some of the players to really look out for this upcoming season that could have breakout years or just they had a great year last year and they're going to build on that? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a tricky question. We, we've got so many guys that I hate to ever single anybody out, you know, because the kids work so hard. I mean, truly, whether they're a superstar or whether a scout team guy, I'm excited about all of them. I think a little different group that I'd like to give some praise, the offensive line. They're kind of the unsung heroes on the team, but we've got a really, really strong group. They're led by Malachi Tolliver, who's a University of Georgia commit. Luke Surrett's a three-year starter. He's a Richmond commit. Andrew Medina, who will be a two-year starter for us, has had a tremendous offseason. Jaden Curtis, another senior there in that group. So real senior heavy. And then Langston Hogg is a young guy. He'll only be a sophomore. He's got a couple Power 5 offers. That's kind of the heartbeat of our team there up front with the offensive line. And the tight ends, Connor Brassfield, uh, you know, Luke McBride is, is a running back for us. But Landon Heath, you know, we, we just got a big physical offense and we're really excited about that group. It's kind of exciting because college football and, you know, high school football in this state of Georgia, people are really, really into. So what's the outlook? How are people feeling about the upcoming season? Just maybe they're just in the community. Oh, really excited. I think that uh, every year at Cartersville, the expectations are high and we don't we don't shy away from that. You know, that that's a that's a blessing to be at a place where, you know, the expectations are high, where everybody's asking you, you know, about the schedule and who's coming back and what do we look like and every conversation this time of year, at some point, whether it be at church or a social outing, is gonna circle back to how we're looking this year. And so I love that. It's a community that loves this football program, loves this school system. Uh, we always have big crowds and we've got eight home games this year, which is unique. So great opportunity for, you know, our band, our cheerleaders, our athletic training staff, you know, whoever it may be to perform in front of the home crowd. And again, just the expectations are high, but we embrace that. I don't necessarily feel like there's added pressure per se. I think that uh, it's about our preparation always. But, you know, for us competing against our standard, preparing to play that 15th game and to win that 15th game year round is really uh, what makes us special. You know, you mentioned uh, the band and the cheerleaders. I was I was in the marching band when I was in high school because I was go. never big enough uh, to play football. Or I've often wondered: Do the players actually? Does it help them? Does the band help them? Or oh yeah, listen, the band helps me. When the band is rocking on Friday night, it's infectious. I think it it affects our our crowd. I think it affects our student section, which is tremendous. But I mean, it's, it's all part of it. And yeah, absolutely. Momentum is a very powerful thing, especially with, with teenagers, you know. So we, we spend a lot of time talking about the ability to refocus and control what you can. But yeah, moment, momentum is huge. And, and I think playing at home and having a great band, a great student section, great cheerleaders, great fans absolutely gives us an advantage. Who is the biggest rival for Cartersville High School? Yeah, well, that's that's not a fair question. There's so oh. many of them, and I don't want to leave anybody. We Listen, we got a great schedule. Probably, you know, within our region, it's probably the deepest region since I've been back home the last 10 years. Starts at the top with Calhoun. They won the region last year. A tremendous rival. Great respect for their coaching staff, for their players. Year in and year out, they're tough. They're physical. They're well-coached. Cass. 
obviously, is a huge one, one that everybody's got circled. Coach Gates has done a, a tremendous job building that program, and they've probably got the best team they've had. I, I don't even know, probably the last 20 years or better. Those two kind of jump out off the page at you. But, you know, I think that uh, Hiram is, is a local team that's, that's got great momentum growing. Woodland's right down the road. Alatoona in our non-region schedule is a huge game. It's a 10-minute ride and always a really close game. We had a big comeback last year. It always comes down to the wire with them. And then Cherokee, again, right down the road. So you talk about of our 10 games, probably six or seven of them are going to feel like a big rival. All right, Coach Foster, I'm going to give you the final words. Just blessed to, to be in a school system and in a community that recognizes that football is a powerful tool to affect change in the lives of our young men and then in turn in the community. So thank you to everybody that supports us, whether it be the local businesses, whether it be the fans. Just we, we couldn't do it without you. Thanks for listening to Only in Cartersville Bartow, brought to you by the Cartersville Bartow County Convention and Visitors Bureau. To find out more about Cartersville and Bartow County, go to visitcartersvillega.org or call 770-387-1357. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. All rights reserved.